history of Rome. The founding of Rome is an event wrapped in myth. Lacking a credible historical record, it is impossible to know exactly what led to the establishment of the Eternal City. But we do know the legend the Romans told themselves, and have some idea of the population migrations that took place in central Italy at the time, so we can piece together a general timeline of events. There may be truth wrapped up in the official legend, and there may not, but it is a good story and an important one to know for students of ancient history. It is the story of a refugee Trojan prince and how his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandsons would be wet-nursed by a she-wolf and later found the greatest city of the ancient world. The story of Rome begins with the end of the Trojan War. After Troy was finally sacked by the Greeks, Aeneas, chief lieutenant of Hector, managed to escape with a few followers. They boarded ships and set out into the Mediterranean to find a new home. Their odyssey took them from Asia Minor to the north coast of Africa, where Aeneas managed to sow the seeds of the three Punic Wars by seducing the Carthaginian queen Dido and then abandoning her. Virgil writes that in the final moments before she committed suicide, Dido cursed the descendants of both to eternal enmity. O oh, my Tyrians, besiege with hate his progeny and all his race to come. Make this your offering to my dust. No love, no pact must be between our peoples. No, but rise up from my bones, avenging spirit. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. After securing an archenemy for Rome, Aeneas sailed to the west coast of Italy, where he and his followers hoped to make a settlement. Arriving in the territory of Laurentum, the Trojans were immediately met by armed locals who tried to drive them off. But their king, Latinus, decided to make peace rather than war with the foreigners and offered his daughter Lavinia to Aeneas, solidifying an alliance. This marriage came as quite a shock to Turnus, prince of the Rutuli, a nearby tribe, because Lavinia had already been pledged to him. Angered by this slap in the face, he led an attack on the combined Trojan and Latin forces. The Rutuli were defeated, but King Latinus was killed in the fighting, leaving Aeneas in control of both the Trojans and the Latins, who were rapidly intermarrying into a single people. Vanquished, Turnus and the Rutuli turned north to the rich and powerful Etruscans for help. The Etruscans were more than willing to lend a hand against the growing menace of the Trojan-infused Latins and attacked. But Aeneas, in his final act, led the Latins to victory, establishing the Tiber River as the boundary between the Latins and the Etruscans. We should pause the legend here before we get too far and give an account of the political landscape of pre-Roman Italy, as historians and archaeologists understand it today. Who were the Latins? Who were the Etruscans? Where did they come from and what sort of lives did they lead? The origin of the Etruscans is debatable. However, DNA evidence points to a migration from Asia Minor, which, if true, offers a context for the legend of Aeneas' arrival from Troy. The Etruscans were the dominant force, culturally and politically, in the Italian peninsula, and, as we will see, came to dominate Latin territory in the waning years of the Roman kingdom. They had developed cities and a confederal state system long before the Latins, who remained in traditional tribal affiliations until the foundation of Rome, which was the first major settlement in Latin territory that could be called a city. The Etruscans were artists and craftsmen, who had set up extensive trading networks that reached all the way to Greece. The trading roads between Etruria and the Greek cities of Magna Graecia in the south ran right through Rome, 
offering a clue as to the reason for its location. The Latins, in contrast, were simple pastoral herdsmen. Evidence from ancient burial mounds suggests the Latins were descended from Balkan migrants who crossed the Adriatic in prehistory. Mostly shepherds and farmers, they did not have any sort of advanced arts or crafts. What culture they display seems to be little more than a blend of Etruscan and Greek elements. Indeed, nothing about later Roman history suggests the Latins were innovative at all in art, religion, or letters. They excelled at warfare and engineering and administrating, but were merely students of philosophy, never instructors. Their gods, to take one obvious example, are little more than an adaption of the Greek pantheon, Zeus becoming Jupiter, Hera becoming Juno, and so forth. What bound the Latins together was a common language, distinct from the Etruscan language to the north and the imported Greek in the south. Latin, of course, forms the basis for half the languages in Europe, and its vocabulary still dominates the legal profession. But enough humorless anthropology. After Aeneas died, his young son Ascanius grew to be king. The town built by the Trojan settlers had become too small for the exploding population, and Ascanius led a group east to found a new settlement called Alba Longa.